Hey, it's Mark and John from Dirty Honey, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yeah. Hey, I'm Emily Wolf, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 420 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 420, we are joined by a, a young up-and-coming artist out of Austin named Emily Wolf. Emily Wolf will be in Pittsburgh to do a show on the 12th of September at Moondogs and Blahnocks. That's uh, this coming Thursday, if you're listening to it when this is released. Uh, she's got a great uh, new album, uh, kind of a, a driving rock album. She's a, a really cool guitarist. As, as we talk about in the interview, she's got uh, some unique uh, thinking on, on how to use a guitar, and I think it, it really comes through in the way she plays. So I'm going to play you a little bit of music from her debut album. She's got some EPs and singles out in the past, but this is her first full-length album was released earlier this year and uh, we'll get into that interview with Emily. He 
gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome the Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Emily Wolf. How are you doing today? Hey, good. How are you? Doing very well. You're going to be rolling into uh, Pittsburgh to do uh, what we believe is your debut show in Pittsburgh at Moondogs in Blahnox on the 12th. I wanted to give folks a chance to, to find out about you, your debut album. I know you had an EP a few years ago. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, you know, the kind of the monumental task of putting your, your debut full-length album came to be? Yeah, so um, I had it written for a, a, a couple of years, and um, mm-hmm. I was trying to get it out, um, but I'm an independent artist, and, mm-hmm. and it's tough to get, you know, music out without a label and, and get it funded and everything like that, but eventually get I eventually got a, a publishing deal and, and my record got funded and then I just put it out myself uh, independently um, but it was a long time coming you know it, it took a long time for me to finally get it recorded and, and put out so I'm so happy that it's finally out there what are the I, I mean when you I, I think you know a lot of musicians you know we see this we'll release a song maybe a four song EP um, these songs though that they kind of comprise the album I know some of them uh, obviously have you know some history to them but what's kind of the time window you know when we listen to you kind of put your heart and soul into this record what time period are these songs kind of comprising um let's see it's probably over the past three or four years I've written mm-hmm these songs and then there are a few that that I had released prior to this album that ended up getting re-recorded and reworked mm-hmm. um, because I I I didn't feel like they had gotten their time to shine um, and I don't feel like I was I, I feel like I was kind of not ready for them to be released sure. when I released them you know <laughs> yeah, no. so I ended up giving them yeah yeah, the, sorry, what was that? The um, you know, when you listen to it, you you don't hear, you know, at least I, you know, to me, I, I don't sense, you know, this one's way older than the other ones, or this one's kind of a fresher sound. They're very cohesive in the in the sound. So it's always interesting to me to see what time span, you know, the writing process. But but as you mentioned, you you when you kind of rework them, you're you're maybe making it more your contemporary sound, you know, for lack of a better term, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think, um, you know, having, you know, really your whole life up to this point to make the full length record, you know, uh, you know, these songs maybe get, as you said, kind of re-recorded. But do, do you find yourself kind of maybe changing the way you play them, changing them sonically, you know, even through playing them live so often that they've kind of evolved from what they were, you know, had you recorded this album in 2016, for example? Oh, for sure. It's funny you ask that because I actually did record. Um, I recorded a, I believe it was ten songs, um, and a lot of those songs that are on the full length I recorded back then. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna release that, but um, I ended up going through a bunch of like hoops, like with uh, you know, like a management firm and sure. a on the hook with labels and it was kind of crazy like I, I was going to release this independently and then and then it just kind of got put on hold for a while <clears throat> but during that time I reworked 
the songs. Right. And they're now on the full length. And so, yeah, like, I... It's kind of funny, because before this came out, and, like, right when I had written these songs, they were... They weren't as, as rocking and, like, right. fast and... Um, playing live is just like so energetic for me and it's just so fun but it's it's like these songs came out harder than I expected them to yeah yeah no that, that kind of blends perfectly into my question where do you see yourself genre wise I mean I've seen things describe you as a blues guitarist I listen to it and I, I feel a little more indie rock maybe more so than blues do you have if you were to label yourself, you know, put yourself in a bin in a record store, and you know, in the good old days when we used to have different sections in a record store, where would you see mm-hmm. your album? Yeah, it's funny that pe- I, I'm not really sure why people call me blues. I mm-hmm. feel like it might be because I have a song called Out of Blues, yeah, <laughs> and it's just in the title, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would describe myself as like alternative rock or just straight rock and roll, right? Um, because I mean I've, I've got blues influence and I love blues and mm-hmm. early blues players but yeah I don't necessarily see myself as a blues artist you know yeah. so it is funny that people want to put that genre on, on my stuff yeah and it's but, actually uh, I'm kind of glad to hear you say that because I was listening to it thinking I must be missing something you know and not that there isn't you know some <laughs> r- real soul in your playing but I mean I, I think maybe for better or worse when you say you're from Austin, Texas you know, and right. you're there with you know with a Gibson guitar, and you know you're playing <laughs> solos and stuff yourself. People just assume, I think, in some respects, you know, you're you're a, right. a, a blues artist. Can you talk a little bit, uh, you know, being that you you kind of rose and, and you know are going beyond the Austin music scene, but that music scene is so big, so you know, probably you know at least for our perception here is maybe one of the most important in the country outside of maybe Nashville and in California does is it sometimes easier to get attention outside of Austin or, or how do you stand out in, in amongst all the bands and all the live music there wow that's a good question it's so it's an interesting scene because it is it's very secluded I mm-hmm. feel like um, there's there's certain tiers that that I've gotten to um, and there's a point in this this scene where it's like they no longer really I don't want this to come out wrong um, there's, a, there's a certain point where it's it's like if if I surpass the Austin music scene I, I'm I'm no longer um, viewed as an Austin musician mm-hmm. um, until I until I hit a point where you know say if, if I get really really big then that's when that's when they want to kind of um, you know claim claim yeah. an artist I think yeah. so, <laughs> so you, it's interesting it's really weird you know um, I, I don't mean to like bash mm-hmm. the scene at all because I did like find my sound in the city, and I've grown up so much musically in the city, and I I became you know I became a woman in the city, and um, I do feel like an Austin musician, but I also know that I want 
to break out of that realm and and um, be known more as a national act or, mm-hmm. or a global act eventually. Um, so it is. It's an interesting scene. I mean, it's it's harder. I would say to get attention here yeah. at a certain level. It's a weird. It's a weird tier system. I think, and it's yeah. unspoken and. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny. It's it's a weird little scene, I think. It is interesting. It how is you, important, you know. You'll see that even you know, and we're not nearly to the level that Austin is, but in, even in Pittsburgh, where certain bands almost need to go elsewhere to become right. relevant enough to come back. You know, where if you had just stay in in your one city people just kind of label you as a local artist and it's almost like right you know when you go out and you play other cities the people think okay these guys must be good because they can play other cities other than and it's uh you know austin certainly right. got a, you know it, it's funny how you know just seeing that in, in an artist bio though sometimes adds credibility you know you say austin and, and you think well you know if they made it there you know it's almost like if you make it yeah. there you can make it anywhere sort of um Thing uh-huh. because of the amount of competition and, and the, um, the, the uh, you know, really just competition. I mean, it's it's there's so much yeah. music there. Um, now there's so much. When you when you touring, you, I mean, you've been at this a long time. You've been playing guitar an insanely long period of time for someone of your age. Um, your set list yeah. is it is comprised mostly of the new album, or do you have? You know, it's kind of a back catalog of songs that maybe didn't make the album but still work well live. You know, I've just been playing the record um, mm-hmm. live because I know, like, whenever I go to a show to see an artist and they just put a record out and they don't play a lot of it, right. I get upset. So, like, I I would rather play what I just put out. But then, you know, there are a couple of like classic rock covers that I throw in there, mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah, I've, I've been covering like Ace of Spades by Motorhead and yeah. Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. So it's like, it's pretty fun. It's a little mix, you know. Um, but it's mostly original news, new new songs off the record. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's one of that's the more, you know, and it, it's great when, when bands really focus on their new album. I mean, uh, you know, certain bands, when you get to a level where it's hard to incorporate new material, but it's always great when a band. You know, or an, or an artist is at a level where they can really focus on the current material. So if you're, you know, interested in, you know, maybe you heard Out of Blues and you thought, okay, I want to check this out, you can go listen to the rest of the album on, you know, wherever people stream music these days or buy the album, um, if people mm. still do that, and come to the show and know the songs. <laughs> you know, that's always right. uh, cool, you know. Um, Nothing kills an audience sometimes more than when an artist says, "Here's my new song, you know, to our forthcoming album." Because um, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> it's always cool to be able to listen to music before you go. Um, gear-wise, oh, yeah, I, I, sure. I notice you play a, a hollow body Gibson. Is that always been your guitar of choice? Yeah. So. Um I love that guitar. It's actually an Epiphone Sheridan, but I'll switch back oh. and forth between a Gibson 335 mm-hmm. and my Epiphone Sheridan. But uh, yeah, I just love hollow or semi hollow bodies right. um, because they're so thick and like they fill up a lot of frequency range yeah. that I need to fill up because I I play with just a bass player and a drummer and it's like I've got a lot of space to fill. 
And if I were to play like a a single coil, you know, yeah. like a jazz master or a Mustang or Tele mm. or something like that, like it just wouldn't it wouldn't Which work because there'd yeah. be so much missing. Um, there'd be there'd be a lot of empty space. I feel like, but um, yeah, I love that guitar. It just feels correct to me, and it's big. <laughs> a lot of yeah. people comment on how big it is, but uh, you know, I mean, it's it's funny because it is so big, but it's. I mean, if it wasn't that size, I don't think it would sound that big. So it's no. like, you know, kind of necessary. I love talking to people that play in trios and musicians because you, you get such interesting things. Like, you don't think about, like, I remember interviewing um, the drummer of Motorhead, you know, talking about when he played with, um, I believe it was King Diamond, and how he had to adapt his style to fill some of that emptiness. You know, it's kind of odd to think emptiness in Motorhead, but you play differently as a trio. <laughs> You know, um, uh-huh. is the guitar you know with the style of playing and the distortion you use is, is feedback tricky with that guitar? Actually, I love feedback because it. I've been so what I do is like I'll use the feedback to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I'll use I'll use it as if it were a like a pad, like a mm-hmm. keyboard pad, like a droning note kind of thing. Right. To fill more space, like while it's just while it's just bass and drums right. and voice, like I'll have to have something else if I want it to be impactful. Like not all the time, but um, yeah. I mean, basically, feedback is like its its own instrument whenever yeah. I play. That's yeah, excellent. So That's really I interesting. Yeah. Emily, you you've been yeah. playing guitar since you were really little, but when did you take up singing and? and you know, was that something that just kind of came natural? Did you study that? I didn't study it. Um, other than, like, watching people and listening to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I was I was way too shy to sing until I was about 20 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm 29 now. Um, so I guess almost 10 years is how long I've been singing. But um, it took me a long time to figure out um, to like, I guess, be comfortable with my mm. voice the way it is because sure. I love to play rock and roll, but I I don't necessarily have a rock and roll voice by any means. Right. Um, you know, like I mean, I can do I could do some stuff, but it's not it's not a growly kind of thing. So mm. it's it's interesting because I I just had to kind of accept and like sit in the the way that I sound like sure. my voice and guitar like you know that's like that's just how it is <laughs> I think I'm that, not going to change my voices but yeah I think that combination makes your sound so unique that's what you know one of the things I, I found very interesting about the record was you know you you've got this kind of dirty guitar you know thing with with you know, I don't want to say it's a sweet voice but you have a very you know it's not you're not you're not a Bon Scott sort of singer um, and that right. no disrespect but it's just you know you're no, singing within your own skin um, was it a situation yeah. with singing and I always love this with guitarists who kind of evolve into singers was it a situation where you just decided I think I can sing it best or was it I can't find anybody that can sing it the way I want to hear it or if I can I can't get along with them what was the kind of impetus for you to step up to the mic you know what it was that's a really good question I played a little bit in like a 
like a little band with my roommate in college and and she was the singer and i was the guitar player mm-hmm. and um over time i was just like man you know what i think i can do this as well mm-hmm. and so i kind of started seeing harmony with her and then i started writing my own stuff and realizing like oh i guess i can sing yeah. maybe and so mm-hmm. I, you know i would like show my friends and they'd be like dude you can sing like you should sing so, <laughs> I don't know, it was one of those things where I just, I mean, I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't gotten encouragement from other people. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, did it affect I, how I guess you, it's a little of both. Did it affect how you played guitar? You know, I mean, obviously, that's not an easy thing. I think anybody who thinks that you just pick up a guitar and sing along at the same time, I, I encourage to do it and, and show me how easy it is. Um, did it affect how you played your guitar parts at all? A little bit, yeah. So, um, back in the day when I was in that band in college, mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of finger picking stuff and a lot mm-hmm. of intricate work. Like, and, um, now I feel like it's more like power chords and, mm-hmm. and just solos when I'm not singing. Cause yeah. it is like insanely hard to, to, to play intricate stuff and sing at the same time. It's like pretty impossible. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it did change, you know. Yeah, I often I can't do much more than like whole notes when I'm trying to sing, and you know, so I, I certainly admire anybody that can do it at any level. But I mean, there's certain you know certain people that can do it at an insane level, and then the rest of us are mortals who can't because it's it is like your brain has to go in two totally different directions, um, almost it like does. a piano player yeah. would approach the instrument. Um, well, right. Emily, I want to uh, thank you again. You're coming in on the 12th to do a show at Moondogs. That's a Thursday night, uh, making your debut in Pittsburgh. I want to congratulate you on the on the album. Also, you got married earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been a banner 2019 for you. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> thank look, you so much. And we look forward to seeing you when you get into town next week. Millions of fans have witnessed the concert experience that launched a one-of-a-kind rock holiday tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. WQED-TV, Columbia Gas of Pennsylvania, Q92.9, 96.9 Bob FM, and Live Nation welcome the all-new Christmas Eve and Other Stories, presented by Hallmark Channel. Two shows, Sunday, December 22nd, 3.30 p.m. and 8 p.m., PPG Paints Arena, The Power of Rock. Combined with the majesty of classical. Tickets on sale Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com, LiveNation.com, or the PPG Paints Arena box office. Two shows, Sunday, December 22nd, PPG Paints Arena. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestras. All new Christmas Eve and other stories live. All right, that about wraps up this episode of Iron City Rocks. A special thank you to Emily Wolf for coming on the show. She will be at Moondogs and Blonox on the 12th of September uh, to do a show. Her uh, debut album is available now. You can also check out her website. It's Emily Wolf, spelled with an E on the end, dot com. Get information. She's just started a U.S. tour, so she's all over the place. She's doing uh, some shows. She's played with Hart, uh, Joan Jett. Uh, I think you're going to hear a lot from her in the future. Uh, the album is really fantastic, so I invite you to check it out. Also, you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com. 
Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all forward slash Iron City Rocks. Or you can hit us up on email, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like, guests you enjoyed, guests you'd like to hear from. Let us know. We'd love to hear feedback from you guys. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 